Hello and welcome to the season finale of The Bigger Picture, a podcast where we tell stories that matter. I'm your host this week, Caleb Franz. If you've been following recent news, you would know that Kentucky Senator Rand Paul was assaulted at his home a few weeks ago while cutting grass. Though the motive has yet to be officially determined, speculation has ranged from political motivations to a dispute over private property. His neighbor was the individual who blindsided him, a fellow doctor who is also a devout Democrat. Regardless if the attack was about a difference in politics or a divide over property, it is a true testament to the state of deep divide within our nation today. Seemingly, there is an increasing demand to forget about civil discourse, no matter the issue, and resort to violence instead. This is not the first time a situation like this has happened, however. As divided as we may be today, we are fortunate not to be at the levels we once were during the period surrounding the Civil War. Though the assault Senator Paul suffered echoes a similar instance from that period of our history. The following story should serve as a lesson and a warning to our current political environment. No matter the issue or divide we face, if we choose to go violent over words or ideas, liberty will always suffer from it. The story that I'm about to read to you is the story of the caning of Charles Sumner. The Civil War isn't something that just happened in a brief period of time. The tensions had been rising within the nation since practically its conception. Even during the formation of the Constitution, the biggest divide among the Founding Fathers, aside from the Bill of Rights, was the problem of slavery. No other issue would be nearly as important in the eight-plus decades that followed. In the late 1850s, the divide within the country had never been higher. With the overwhelming majority in the North favoring abolition, and the overwhelming majority in the South favoring just the opposite, the country was reaching the point of no return. Many southern states were already talking about secession as the only acceptable solution, with no other alternative. The debates in Congress echoed the debates that were being held throughout the rest of the nation. With the Whig Party seemingly useless in the political theater, abolitionists needed a new place to call home. A party that would stand unapologetically against slavery and for liberation. In 1854, the Republican Party had formed as the leading voice to oppose slavery. With it, a new wave of Republican abolitionists surged to Congress. Among these new congressmen stood Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts. When Sumner first joined the Senate in 1851, he was a free-soil Democrat, one who is strongly opposed to slavery. By the time the Republican tied 
came washing into Washington, he had no problem rushing into their camp. Sumner earned a reputation for himself as making few friends in Washington, D.C. He was known as one of, if not the most, anti-slavery senator in Washington and had no intention of compromising on that. Each passing day, the nation moved closer and closer to its now infamous bloody conflict in the 1860s. And Charles Sumner helped beat the drum for one heated faction to find their conviction and resilience. The tensions between the two sides came to head especially when Kansas applied for statehood. Whether the state would become a free state or a slave state captured the national debate and passions ran as hot as fire with each respective side. Often within Kansas, the debates would turn violent and it became a black eye on the national discourse. This mass era of violence was eventually given the appropriate name, Bleeding Kansas. As it seemed by many abolitionists, slavery was becoming increasingly more difficult to rid the nation of. At least peacefully, that is. This provoked Charles Sumner to prepare a speech that he would come to know as the speech of his life and the one that nearly took it. You see, Charles Sumner was a great writer, but an even better orator, especially when he had a passion churn in his stomach. In some ways, he could be considered the Civil War era version of Patrick Henry, and not only his ability to give a speech, but stir emotions and even make enemies. The speech he had prepared was an absolute condemnation of slavery. It was called the Crime Against Kansas speech. When the public got word that Charles Sumner was going to be making this address in the Senate chamber, nobody wanted to miss it. The gallery was quickly filled to capacity. This was going to set the nation on fire. On this fateful day in May of 1856, Sumner gave his all to convince the people and his colleagues about the atrocity that is slavery is nothing more than an absolute violation of human freedom and everything the United States is supposed to stand for. He called out the moral depravity that is associated with slavery, saying, The wickedness which I now begin to expose is immeasurably aggravated by the motive which prompted it. Not in any common lust for power did this uncommon tragedy have its origins. It is the rape of a virgin territory, compelling it to the hateful embrace of slavery. And it may be clearly traced to a depraved longing for a new slave state. The hideous offspring of such a crime in the hope of adding to the power of slavery in the national government. Yes, sir, when the whole world alike, Christian and Turk, is rising up to condemn this wrong and to make it a hissing to the nations here in our republic. Force, a sir, force, has been openly employed in compelling Kansas to the pollution of slavery all for the sake of political power. There is a simple fact which you will vainly attempt to deny, but which in itself presents an essential wickedness that makes other public crimes seem like public virtues. 
Charles Sumner would proceed to make a logical and moral case against slavery, that even the most pro-slave Southerner would be forced to pause and think about the words he is saying. And if it was just left at that, he may have made the impact he was searching for. But Sumner made one grave mistake. As he continued his speech, he began to direct his remarks to a senator in particular that was slavery's biggest supporter, Andrew Butler of South Carolina. Sumner not only directed his remarks to Butler, but personally insulted and offended him. Sumner said, of course, he, speaking of Butler, has chosen a mistress to whom he has made his vows and who, though ugly to others, is always lovely to him. Though polluted in the sight of the world, is chaste in his sight. I mean, that harlot, slavery. He called slavery Butler's prostitute. And that little jab did not sit well with any in the opposition. But one in particular especially took offense. Congressman Preston Brooks was a representative from the same state as Butler in South Carolina. The two were related, in fact. Brooks was Butler's cousin, and Sumner's insult to Butler may have well as been an insult to his entire family in Brooks' eyes. He sat in his office holding his cane, figuring out what should be done of Senator Sumner when the idea came to him. He sprung from his chair and walked across the Capitol from the House chamber to the Senate, where he would find Sumner sitting in the chamber. This was the point of no return from Brooks, and he didn't seem to care. Brooks walked up to Sumner and says, Mr. Sumner, I have read your speech twice. It is a libel to my relative and to my state. Then, with his cane in hand, Preston Brooks raises his arm and proceeds to beat Charles Sumner within an inch of his life until he was blinded with his own blood. He continued to beat Sumner over and over again so hard and so frequently that the cane Brooks was using to assault him actually broke and shattered into several pieces. When it's all said and done, Charles Sumner is unconscious and is taken into a side room to heal. He is severely injured and suffered from head and spinal injuries to the point that he is forced to miss his work as a senator for the next three years as he recovers. Preston Brooks is hailed as a hero by the South and has sent many canes to replace the one that he broke while nearly killing Sumner. In the North, Sumner is seen as a martyr, and even those who were not as fond of him took to his side, and thus the division between North and South had never been deeper. When comparing the caning of Charles Sumner to the attack Rand Paul suffered a few weeks ago, there are certainly some differences, and we are not to the point that Civil War is right now right around the corner within the next four to five years. But what can be said for certain is that no matter how bad or how divided our nation can get, resorting to violence in reaction to disagreement in politics is never the answer. The Civil War led to the end of slavery, but it also led to the death of more American soldiers than in any other time in our history. 
So long as free speech and civil discourse actually remains free and civil, liberty has the chance to grow. That is our show this week on The Bigger Picture. We thank you for listening this week and this season. We will be back next season in January as we continue with uh, Season 2 of The Bigger Picture right here on the Outset Network. If you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy this season, please check out the rest of our season as well as all the other podcasts here on the Outset Network. Thanks so much for listening. God bless and take care.